0: And folks, if you're looking for a great show, you're saying, I don't know what show to listen to. Stop listening to Fox News and start listening to Patriot Strong Podcast. Stop listening to fake media and Newsweek and Newsmax and start listening to the Patriot Strong Podcast. Make it your daily mission to listen to this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you so much, Courtney. Have a great day.
1: Hi friends, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of Patriot Strong. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for your time. Please make sure that you hit that subscribe and follow button so you never miss an episode. Because you never know whenever you're going to have like the most kick-ass guests on like my episode tonight. Um, It's already been announced. And the CDC is already starting to promote the next round of vaccines. So we can already assume that COVID 2.0 is going to be on our doorstep sooner rather than later. And it's best that we are more prepared. I know everybody listening to this already knows all the things, but whenever they try to do this to your loved one or your spouse, again, like they did last time, you guys need to be prepared. And I am so thankful, Um, you know, Laura and Greta are on the show tonight and taking time out of your guys' schedule. You guys, thank you so much and welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate the time and opportunity.
1: Now, my guests, if you guys do not know, have worked tirelessly for the last two and a half, three years on this hospital advocacy program. They've set up all these websites and provided tons of information um, to help you and uh, countless others who have, you know, ex- experienced um, loved ones alone in the hospital this like last pandemic. And I read recently that your work was recognized by Dr. Joseph Mercola, which yes. is amazing. Um, how did that even happen? That's amazing.
2: Yeah, it's it is pretty. It's crazy and crazy good, actually. Mm-hmm. That he recognized what we were doing and and actually r- thoroughly endorsed it. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it, it, he saw that we had a solution that actually mm-hmm. was was something that could um, not only help us now, but would have actually prevented all of this right um, it, it's and it's all about us knowing our rights, us knowing how to assert our rights. And knowing that how the, the hospital is, um, you know, set up and, and structured, which we didn't really have to know before because we had a little bit of trust in them. Mm-hmm. And now we no longer have that trust.
2: And create, we had, to, out of that, we had to create something brand new. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Something that
1: works. Awesome. Now, before we get into that, did you guys know each other before you started at that's all? A
2: really great question.
0: <laughs> no,
1: um,
0: actually... Um, I got into this because I got COVID back in August of uh, 2021 um, with the rest of my family. Um, you know, my husband was able to get over it. My kids were able to get over it. Um, we struggled to get ivermectin from the the pharmacy and frontline doctors and place like that. And um, I just thought, you know, I'm I take my vitamins, I take my supplements, I do all that I suggest, and, and I'll be fine. But my body reacted differently to what I call this bioweapon and um i began to cough up blood clots and um i knew that that was something that was really serious that that's something that's really um something that needed to be taken care of so you know i ended up going to my doctor they gave me some useless medications and sent me back home weren't even worried about me coughing up blood clots and um when i came back home uh, over the course of a couple of days i took my uh, oxygen level with a meter the finger meter and um uh, saw that my oxygen was around sixty six percent, and and I told my I'm dying, I, I cannot breathe, and uh, so I had to go to the hospital. Yeah, with the blood clots and and the oxygen, I had no choice. Um, and and I find I I am what I said was an informed person. I knew about the vaccine. I I read the VAERS reports. I knew what they were doing with the ventilators. I was thought I was so prepared um but the truth is when it comes down to an emergency and it it's your life right then and there um you're not as prepared as what you thought especially with the way the hospitals are now because they're unlike mm-hmm. any other hospital before um it's not the same hospital that you went into before and when i went in there the, of course my husband was locked out for the first uh, part of it while i was in the er and um you know I, I i got asked repeatedly are you vaccinated are you vaccinated are you that That was the main question and i said no i mean um after i started getting oxygen and feeling better i thought well i'm going to go home they're going to give me some blood thinners and i'll be done with this and they said no we're going to give you some some medicine and uh it's covid medicine and i thought oh well, they're going to give me some steroids and i i knew that would help um but they never gave me the name of it. I didn't know about informed consent, uh, which is more than just them telling you the name of a drug. Um, let's get that that straight up front. Um, and But I knew I wasn't going to get vaccinated. And they asked me one last time, are you vaccinated? And I said, no, I don't believe in experimental uh, drugs or vaccines. I'm not a lab rat. And at that point, they proceeded to inject me with an experimental drug, remdesivir. And a bunch of other uh, drugs they didn't tell me about until after I got out of the hospital and I read my medical records. I saw what they what they gave me. Um, So none of it was informed. I was not informed. They just did what they wanted to when they wanted to. Um, Yeah. During my stay, I was harassed daily to get vaccinated. Um, I knew I didn't want that. And I, I told them, no, that wasn't going to happen. They threatened me with a ventilator, saying that they were going to put me on a ventilator and I would die. And then I told them I knew they were killing patients with a ventilator. Um, and um, they they weren't, they didn't deny it. They did not deny, it. They, the doctor did not deny she was killing patients with the ventilator. Um, matter of fact, her response is, well, we have to do with the patient requests. Like people are asking to be put on a ventilator. So then when I requested ivermectin and HCQ, she said, no, we can't do that. That's not approved. And I said, so you'll knowingly kill a patient with a ventilator um, because it's approved, uh, but you won't treat a patient with something that could possibly save their life because it's unapproved. And she just just she just left the room. So right there, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know exactly what. Um, and And I suffered... Immensely from the the poisons they put in me, my kidneys started to shut down. They they would never give me uh, a reason other than stare at the floor and say COVID strange. Um, you know, my white blood cell count went up. Um, my uh, I was throwing up uh, that my the last two nights. um <laughs> My uh, uh, they came in to do CPR on me because my heart rate dropped wow. to the thirty beats per minute. It was just one thing after another. They would only give me this medication at night, which was uh, when my husband could not visit. And um, and that's when I would have the reaction. So everything was very strange to me. Um, when I got out of the hospital, um, someone informed me on Facebook that they they tried to kill me uh, with this drug remdesivir. And I actually watched a doctor artist video and, um, and he explained you know the data and where to go to get it and sure enough i was like oh my god how can they give this medication to any human being when it's killed over half of the people that it was in a trial with um this is murder and then everything started to come together you know they had to raise those numbers uh in the hospital deaths in order for there to be a reason to have a vaccine because there wouldn't be a need for a vaccine if people were staying home and getting better or if people were going to a hospital and getting better so there had to be deaths, and this is how they were going to do it. And so I ended up creating a website called protocolkills.com because I wanted to warn others. I wanted to give a platform for victims. Unfortunately, most victims did not uh, survive. It was family members. And so there's over 250 stories on there of uh, of horrific deaths. And um, But I wanted to give people some sort of solutions, too. And in that process of trying to find a solution to either help people out of a hospital or, or prevent them from going into a hospital, I met Laura, and uh, she was actually saving people from hospitals. And so I'll let her her tell her story.
2: Right. Since 2020, um, I started uh, rescuing people, uh, not single-handedly, but they, I had an advocacy hotline where people could reach out to me, and I'd give them uh you know, they're. I would tell them their options, their things that they hadn't even considered. Like, Hey, have you thought about maybe leaving the hospital? If it's not working out for you, you might want to leave. Uh, Oh, we can do that. Yes, you can do that. You can leave. It's not a marriage. (laughs) You can break up, Mm -hmm. get a divorce from that hospital, go home if, if it's possible, or you can, uh, go to a step down level of care. You could go home, change your mind, go back in. You can fire your doctor. You can, Sign out AMA uh, without your doctor's permission. It's called Against Medical Advice. Uh, there's so many things you can do. Uh, get into your electronic medical record. I, so I was starting to help people navigate the system of the hospital, know their rights, assert their rights, even get on a few phone calls with some doctors uh, to talk about what their care plan was for the doc, for the patient and make sure that the informed consent was Uh, was received before they proceeded to do the thing that they wanted to do to the patient or even advocate for the patient to stop something the patient didn't want anymore. Um, A steroid that was turning their immune system down or get off of pain medicine. Uh, Fentanyl was involved in one case. Uh, Every 30 minutes, the patient didn't even know that their loved one was getting it. So, I mean, there was all kinds of... uh, lots of drama, lots of scary situations, but we were able to help a lot of people. Um, My last uh, intervention was just um, a short while ago, about a couple of days ago. Um, They were able to leave AMA. The the doctor yelled at me on the phone. Um, The family got to see that in real time because they were in the room. I was just uh, added to a phone call. And uh, they got to see that the doctor... Uh, who was super sweet and nice and jokey just a minute earlier. And up to that point, uh, who they thought was just a nice guy must be doing everything to their you know benefit. Uh, when he was confronted with some questions about medication and dosing, um, he didn't like that. And he, he yelled at me, turned around and abruptly stormed out never to return again. No explanation why he was leaving after yelling at me. And, um, The family fired him. This is the action that they took. They fired him, got a new doctor, and then they started aggressively working their way out for their dad, having things lined up at home that he could, uh, you know, recover at home instead of in the hospital. But anyway, it was really touch and go for that guy. He got out. He's in his um, 80s and he's home. He's recovering. I just got a video of him walking across the floor without any assistance of oxygen. So uh, praise God. But in the process, um, I realized that it is so hard getting people out of a situation when their no's aren't respected by the doctor, when there seems to be no consequence to the doctor whatsoever to keep doing bad behavior because they're, hey, during COVID, there was a thing called cares and prep that shielded uh, their behavior, essentially. They could, they could commit malpractice or neglect. But during COVID, with a COVID diagnosis, during this whole COVID thing, they were shielded legally so there's no repercussions so why change your behavior if you have no moral compass or a duty to do no harm mm-hmm. which they should have had that duty right. uh, throughout covid but uh, there seemed to be nothing that would motivate them to to uh, internally motivate them to do the right thing and so out of that teamed up we teamed up with a insider a hospital anonymous hospital insider who was able to give us this strategy that would prevent all that drama, all the heartache, all the misery of what Greta uh, suffered through. And in, in one point, what, 2 million people or more that died in hospitals during COVID, Yeah, it could have eliminated all that drama.
0: No longer is the patient going in there on the defense and trying to fight off every um, poison that's been thrown after him. You go in there now as a patient On the offense, telling the doctor, this is what I want. This is how I'm going to be treated. These are my rights, and they will be respected. And I have legal documentation that is certified. I have it sent in legally with um, a a receipt of signature that you have. No and, uh, and you will honor and respect my wishes. And it's something that is is getting the attention of these doctors. And they're no longer uh, running over patients anymore. We, we've seen uh, evidence mm. of this over and over again that these documents work great if it's done correctly. Right. And, um, and we offer all this information for free. We offer the documents for free because we believe that every person has the right to life. And um, all we're trying to do is get this information out there, educate the people, and let them know that they do have the power. They can go in there and assert their rights, but they're gonna have to take the time to to learn this knowledge and share it with one another, and uh, and take
2: the time to actually uh, fill out these documents and get them notarized. Right, and. Uh, just to be clear, this is not a medical directive. This is um, something that does didn't exist until we created it mm-hmm. with a um, brave anonymous hospital insider's help, mm-hmm. and um, it is something that Dr. Joseph Mercola said that hey had we had this, it we could have circumvented the whole pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's and you know for anything that we're scared about in the future you know, whatever they're saying that they might, what might be coming down the pike. This just totally gives the power back to the patient. Mm-hmm. There is no reason to just uh, cower in fear if you just had your, your consent protected in a hospital, because that's really what everybody suffered in the last three years was their informed consent trampled on. Not that they didn't have a duty. They just uh, turned a blind eye yeah. to informed consent.
0: So, so all those things that, that have been going around such as, well, I already have those documents. Well, first off, like she said, you know, unless you've seen us speak and, and gone to our website, no, you don't have these documents that are totally new um and it's a totally unique uh way of doing it and and people really don't understand it most doctors and nurses don't understand it cuz they right. don't understand the structure of a hospital yeah. so and and then you can't say uh these alternative ways like I'm just never going to a hospital <laughs> well if I had not gone to a hospital ironically I would have died um yeah they kept me alive and in return they tried to murder me but um had I gone in there no rights and having this documentation, I would have got what I needed and got out. And that's what hospitals are for. And that's what patients are trying to do. And don't be confused with things like, I can just write it on my arm with a Sharpie, say no remdesivir, no, it's not a legal document. Okay. They can't put it in a medical record. I'm sorry. And there's no proof that you wrote that on there. It's not notarized by anyone. And it's It's hard to, um, To
2: make a PDF
0: out of that and scan it into
2: your electronic medical (laughs) record. Even if you
0: took a picture of it, it doesn't matter. They could say, well, they changed their mind in their sleep. And and who
2: actually wrote that. Right. It's just, it is not something that works. Yes. So bracelets, bracelets necklaces,
0: and and verbally. That's what we learned through this whole thing. Verbally, it doesn't matter. You can say it over and over and over again. It should be respected. But it's not. Yeah. So this is how you get around it. This is how you assure that your rights are respected and and doctors are taking note of this.
2: Right. Who are some doctors that um actually do um endorse it? Well, uh Dr. Stella Emanuel, mm-hmm. the frontline okay. doctor, mm-hmm. uh-huh. And uh, Dr. Mary Talley Bowden, mm-hmm. Dr. Joseph Mercola. So we've yes. got all kinds of doctors that are we got a somebody that actually does surgery. We've got a frontline doctor and we've got a a natural health uh, health, uh doctor. Yeah. So,
0: and these documents are very important to have. And and we explain to people how they're different. Um, like we said, they are not advanced directives. I, and in the past, people say, well, you know, I've had that, I have advanced directives. Well, advanced directives only kick in when you are incapacitated meaning you can't make a decision for yourself That's you're real e- too late yeah you're either unconscious or you're in a coma and at that point you have to have a medical power of attorney make all those decisions for you these are current care forms meaning when you you go into the hospital with these they kick in immediately and they mm-hmm. are to be honored immediately and one of the reasons they are honored and we know that it works is because this has been set uh precedent by one specific group of people um that who who had their uh specific uh wishes respected before covid during covid And after COVID, there's one group of people where they're no no, and they didn't trample upon, and that was the Jehovah Witnesses. And uh, many people say, what are you talking about? Um, Well, Jehovah Witnesses do not believe in receiving uh, blood transfusions from any living creature in order to sustain life, Uh, even if it means them dying. That's their belief, Mm -hmm. and it has to be respected, and it's been brought all the way to the Supreme Court. So um, they've set precedent in that. And, and that those rights were never trampled on. So that's something that we actually included in these documents is it's based on our deeply held spiritual and religious beliefs. Yes, or religious and spiritual, belief. yes. religious religious and spiritual, spiritual beliefs. beliefs, deeply held. So it's it's specifically worded that way so that um, so that the doctors know you know, if this works for Jehovah's Witnesses, then it will work with us. And only you know how deeply held your uh, religious and spiritual beliefs are, and only you can interpret that. So it's right. it's not going to be something that's going to be
2: argued with. One of the biggest threats right now is going into the hospital for any reason, a broken finger, and being relentlessly harassed to get a vaccine, especially the COVID <laughs> vaccine. This would protect you from that harassment. Mm-hmm. You would walk in with your wish to de- decline, I do not consent is the language, to a COVID vaccine, and it would be signed off on in front of a notary and then delivered those two legal ways and they'd be put in your electronic medical record and in the hand of the doctor that is treating you. you would They would know under no circumstances do you want a COVID vaccine. And if they were to give it to you, that would be an intentional Act. It would be an intentional tort, a battery that could be litigated for damages, seven yep. or eight figure damages if it was uh, if it was pursued in court. Yeah. And why can't we do that when it's not cares or when cares and prep was protecting hospitals during COVID? Because it doesn't fall under malpractice. It doesn't fall under neglect. This by by violating my written consent. It is now intentional. It's an intor- intentional tort, a battery.
0: Yeah. And, and we want to take it even a step further Uh, back is what we want to explain to people is uh, there's a lot of misunderstandings is there's they're going in there and they're saying the hospitals are doing this, the hospitals are murdering the patients, the hospitals are forcing the doctors to, to give do this protocol. protocol, the hospitals are saying, if they don't give the protocol, they lose their jobs. Right. Okay, <laughs> well, Here's the reality. The hospital is a facility, and that facility is where the doctors go, and they use that facility in order to treat their patients, because it is a patient-doctor relationship. It's not a patient-hospital relationship. The hospital cannot write prescriptions. The hospital does not have a medical license. The hospital did not inject me with remdesivir. It was Dr. Lee who did it Mm -hmm. for me. So she is the one who's going to be held accountable for it. As a matter of fact, the hospital has a general consent form that you sign when you go in. And if you'll read that, it says that they, the hospital is not responsible yep. for anything that the doctor does. Mm-hmm. So that's saying right there, they're putting all the blame on the doctor. So that's why we need this paperwork here, which is a contract with your doctor. Patient. Yes, it's a and, and it has the, it has consequences to the doctor. So whereas before the hospital said, well, you're going to lose your job here and you won't be able to work in another hospital. okay, well, that's an inconvenience. It really is. If you lose your job, it's that's that, that's honestly what it is. Um, but if you lose your license mm-hmm. altogether and you mm-hmm. can't be a doctor anywhere, That's a problem. A bigger problem is if you commit a crime and you're Mm -hmm. put in jail, then you really don't have to worry about work. And if you have to pay a seven-figure judgment um, to a patient because you intentionally did something against their wishes. That's the difference in these two situations and these documents here. Yeah, very
2: well said. So So that's a big deterrent. mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, I like to use the analogy about the hospital situation kind of like a hair salon right? We're all familiar with that. They have the basins, the foot soaks, the hair dryers, all the little counters and tools, right? The mirrors, the tools, all that. But you have hair, uh, you have a uh, hairstylist that have their own license, right? They come in and they use that facility. It's very similar to the doctor hospital relationship. Mm-hmm. They use all the fancy equipment, the diagnostic tools that cost millions of dollars they couldn't afford on their own, they do all the bill, the hospital does all the billing for them, collecting insurance and payment and all that. They just come in, do their thing, get out. Mm-hmm. It's very similar. That's why uh, you need your contract with the doctor. The doctor's the only one with a license that mm-hmm. could have given her remdesivir. Mm-hmm. So you need what- what's great though is now that you understand that, there's only one person you need to deal with. Mm-hmm. If this is the doctor, I just have to deal with this person mm-hmm. here. And you deal with them with a contract that mm-hmm. tells them, these are the terms. I do not want this. Mm-hmm. I absolutely do not want a COVID vaccine. Do not give me a DNR, a, mm-hmm. a do not resuscitate order, like they did in the case of Scott sheriff's daughter. Mm-hmm. You better not do that. I told you yeah. in black and white, I don't want that. And it's it's been, my signature has been witnessed in front of a notary. Mm-hmm. And you've got, you received it two legal ways. I've got the receipts that you got it. Mm-hmm. You, someone signed for it. By courier, yeah. Somebody signed for that certified mail. There, trust me. In every case that somebody's used these documents, it's worked. Yeah, and and what's important is that these
0: documents get into the patient's medical records. And a lot of people say, "Well, how do you do that?" Well, and that's what she was talking about was. Um, it's legally served, cour- courier service legally, uh, where they sign for it, so you have a receipt and um, and priority mail where where they sign for it as well. And we told them the two ways, just in case one is there's an issue, then you have the backup for the other. Um, and it costs a little money, forty dollars mm-hmm. here, thirty dollars there, whatever. How much is your life worth? Um, but once you send it to the CEO, the CEO is make makes sure that all of these documents go into the medical records because he wants he does, deals with billing, he wants to make sure that he gets paid. And another thing is, he's holding on to these documents that regard a patient's health. He doesn't want to be held liable for what that patient's outcome is. He wants to put that liability back <laughs> on the doctor. So he's going to make sure it goes into the medical records and push the hot potato back to the doctor and into the medical records. And when it's in the medical mm-hmm. records, then for all the eyes to see, all the care t- team to see, it's no longer malpractice, which is, I made a mistake, so the CARES Act covers it. It's no longer neglect, oh, I forgot, we're so busy with COVID, so right. the C- PREP Act and CARES Act covers it. It's intentional. intentional. right? Different ball game,
2: Right. So- Um, there was something I was going to say about this.
0: So yeah, it's, it's definitely important to follow the steps
2: um, and, and learn how to get your information in there. What I wanted to say was during the whole COVID thing, all the death in hospitals, all the toe tags and body bags that we saw, which are horrendous. Why, what was the culprit and all that? It was, it was too, Parts It was either withholding uh, medication, but there was equally damaging, was giving you something that poisoned you and and killed your uh, kidneys and led to multi-organ failure, which was remdesivir. So what we want to do is stop doctors from doing something to you. You're not respecting your bodily autonomy. Mm -hmm. That's a huge part of all the death in the last three years is them giving you something when you said, no, Mm -hmm. I don't want that. Do not put me on a ventilator. Mm -hmm. Do not give me remdesivir. Mm -hmm. If those two things were removed Mm -hmm. from the last three years, how, how might more people be alive? Well, nobody could stop it until it's, until they had a tool Mm -hmm. because they, uh, there were so many people you talked to that said, I said, no, Mm -hmm. a lot of people said no. And they didn't respect it because there were no repercussions legally to them. Mm -hmm. Now there are repercussions, Mm -hmm. intentional tort of battery yes
1: that's amazing you guys like this is literally so game-changing life-changing and it could have helped so many and uh, like you just have to step back and think how many people it's going to help from here on out you guys (laughs) mentioned earlier just how scary it is to go into a hospital in general for anything these days because you always have that scare factor my husband was in a hospital for 47 days Earlier this year, for not COVID related heart issues, Um, he ended up having to get an LVAD. It was either an LVAD or a heart transplant. But the doctors told him, in order to get a heart transplant, he had to get the vaccine if he was not vaccinated already. So he had to get an LVAD because they wouldn't even consider him for the heart transplant list if he wasn't vaccinated. And I remember talking to the doctor and saying, you realize that the vaccine causes heart issues. So mm-hmm. you're gonna give him a new heart and then a vaccine that's gonna destroy it. Like that doesn't make any right. sense. And we did have a medical advocacy um, and I was on the phone with my advocate every single day. And I got to the point, I'm like, you know what, Gail? Like, You have to talk to the doctor because he's not listening to me and she told the doctor off over the phone and it was the funniest thing because he had the exact same reaction he was really upset handed the phone back to me walked out and then um like human services came down or whatever came down and they're like yeah can you tell us what happened Mm -hmm. so it's like the the scare factor that Mm -hmm. once somebody stands up to these doctors who want to play a power Mm -hmm. trip They don't Mm -hmm. like that and they're gonna you know, kind of push back, but you have to stay strong and you have to act for yourself Mm -hmm. because if they're like, I am so terrified. If I hadn't been there, I think they would have given my husband a vaccine and that Mm would have been the very last thing that he wanted. And there would have been nothing that I could have done or no paperwork like you guys said, because your protocol didn't exist. And Mm -hmm. I'm just so thankful for you guys and all the work that you've done. And you know, this is amazing. You guys are great. Mm -hmm.
2: It's, it's um, completely free, what yes. we do. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: our hospital insider
2: uh, devised this document. This person's a lawyer. Um, so that uh, w- many people could use it, but with the caveat that nobody monetized this. Yes. No No monetizing misery. Everybody can use it free of charge. They can tailor it to whatever needs that they they have, you know, mm-hmm. personal needs and medical needs, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah.
0: Everyone deserves the right. Everybody to deserves to live. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and, you know, you can use this for a scheduled surgery. Mm-hmm. You can use this for an emergency. Um, it's just, it's amazing what we've seen as far as testimonies coming out when they do use it for a scheduled surgery, surgery or an emergency. Um, it, for an emergency situation where they're being threatened and and cops called on, things change immediately mm-hmm. once these documents are presented. Um, there's apologies. They're they they're getting treated the right. best they've ever been treated. Mm-hmm. And then as and for the scheduled surgery, the same thing. Um, they come out and they explain everything to the patient. The the uh, they, they, uh 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, spend 45 minutes explaining uh, informed consent, which is, people don't seem to mm-hmm. understand that. Informed consent is not, I'm gonna give you this COVID. Medication. Is that okay? Yeah, that's not enough. That's not informed consent at all. Uh, Informed consent is you're going to give the name of the the medication, the risks, the benefits, the reasonable alternatives. You can ask the success rate. You can have time to research it. And you have to have an understanding of everything that doctor told you without him conflating Mm -hmm. anything, uh, making it sound better than it is, making it sound worse than it is. And you have the time to research it to see if he's accurate on it and then make a decision so
2: one of the things i I just wanted to add this about the electronic medical patient electronic medical record and how important it is to get into your electronic medical record even though the doctor says okay sure sure (laughs) i'll do that i agree i will do what you you uh you requested or i will stop doing what you do not consent to or I won't even start it whatever the case may be how do you know that actually happened we know in many cases, unless you verify it and get into that electronic medical record, there are many times doctors have just boldly lied. lied to me mm-hmm. in the process of advocating for patients. And do it with a smile so on their face. You have to, and we've caught them. We've caught them giving medication that they mm-hmm. said, absolutely not. We're only giving them wow. this, this and this. So uh, I don't know if you were able to get into your electronic medical record at the very beginning of your husband's. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's what I encourage. Everybody's yeah. got to do that. Everybody's got to. If you don't know how to do that, call the hospital. Ask for um you can ask for case managers. You can ask for a nursing house supervisor's help, but get into that electronic medical record. Yeah. You, you not only need to learn how to assert your rights, but you
0: we all need to be more accountable for our health. We need to stop going in and just handing it over to somebody in a white coat and thinking and trusting that they will do what's best for us because that's
2: not what's happened in the past three years at all. Um, go ahead. I was going to say, by the way, um, this should put people to ease that they can do this too. I am not a doctor or a nurse. You don't need to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The, your Your patient rights were never meant to just be um, somebody with a certification or, or a license to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just for that class of people. It's for everybody. It's for yeah. Joe Plummer who walks in and is having a scheduled surgery or an emergency. If if I can do it, and my background is is producing, comedy producing, I'm an inventor, I'm an author, a children's book author. Um, if I can advocate for people in Washington State to New Jersey, coast to coast for the last three years, and have them leave successfully when they were told you're going to die if you leave, mm-hmm. or we're not going to give you this or that and <clears throat> under no uncertain terms, and then they were able to turn the situation around with the doctor, mm-hmm. you can do it too. Mm-hmm. You just need to know how. And the start, the beginning of stopping any kind of drama is having mm-hmm. this novel consent form, which Dr. Mercola said what would save h- t- hundreds of thousands of millions of lives. That's mm-hmm. going forward. That's not could have, should have, Mm -hmm. it's going forward, it has the potential to save hundreds of thousands of millions of lives. Mm
1: -hmm. That's so amazing. You know, just to have his, you know, backing to put his name on anything says a lot about whatever it is. And for you guys to have the backing for so many doctors with like these huge names, the frontline doctors, Dr. Stella, I've had her on I got to meet her at one of the events and she's such a strong person. I haven't had the chance to, you know, meet Dr. McCullough or um, some of the other doctors that you had mentioned, but, you know, people put their lives on the line and their neck on the line and their job on the line because they actually care about their patients. And, you know, just to have that kind of support that says so much about what you guys have done And the pathways that you guys have, you know, set out for patients to have to literally save their life. And I just applaud you guys. You guys are, it's such amazing work and I'm sure it's tireless and hours went in and you guys, I, I don't know. You will never even understand the appreciation from everybody that you have helped or are going to help, um. And I'm just so thankful that you guys have taken the time to do this.
0: We appreciate that. But we also want everyone to know that um, it's going to be a a bottom-up type of take back, uh, to take back your health, to take back our country. It's going to be we, we, the the people people that do this. It's not going to be from the top down. So we as individuals, although we're providing the information and we are working tirelessly, we want people to have this knowledge because, you know, our people perish from my people perish from lack of knowledge. Um, so in, in order to protect yourself, you have to get that knowledge. You have to be willing to go out there and stand up and have faith and stand in the armor of God and, and, and stand solidly and, and assert your rights. And it's going to take each individual person doing that. It's going to take us helping one another um, leaning on one another and not trying, like I said, to push off your personal responsibilities on anybody else. Stop leaning to all the experts because
2: we're not, you know, experts. I want to be worked out of a job It yes. <laughs> doesn't pay. I want to be uh, obsolete where people just do um, a little bit of homework, which mm-hmm. is get their document filled out and notarized and, and do all the just, things. Yeah. But um, and know the rights. Yeah. Just, so just think if we all,
0: themselves. if we each had the knowledge um, that we needed to assert our rights in, in each individual aspect of life, then we wouldn't be suffering through this right. this time right now.
2: So we need to get back to that. Can um, yeah, I talk about the doctors who would love this um, yeah. mm-hmm. in hospitals, right? We don't hear a lot from doctors that are actually working in the system. It seems like they're all frontline, like general practitioner types, mm-hmm. right? Right. But- The doctors who are in hospitals actually love this because it gives them an opportunity now when they see that there's consequence to their license. It gives them, and it's written from the patient's perspective, that this is what I absolutely don't consent to. To be able to go to the hospital, regardless of whatever the WHO or CDC says this is what you should do for a protocol next. Or what their they, hospital's telling them. Or what the yeah. hospital says is the flavor of the month drug to push <laughs> or the flavor of the month vaccine because of, you know, it's very well incentivized and they're about making money. It doesn't matter. Um, it gives them something to push back to the to the administration and say, I'm not doing it. I got I this, I can't anymore. I know I did it in the past, maybe, but I'm not doing it anymore because I received one of these. Yeah, And it's going to change the culture in hospitals. Yeah. Our insider, our anonymous insider said that it probably would only take five patients walking into any given hospital in America with this document in hand. And it would totally change the culture because it would go spread throughout the hospital. Uh, wow. The, Uh, professional services side, which is the doctors. Mm -hmm. Um, The doctors would all talk to each other because they're, they do that. And they say, Hey, did you get one of these? Mm -hmm. I got one of these. What is that? Mm -hmm. And they'll start talking amongst themselves and know the risk of violating the consequence of violating this. And the good ones are going to say, give it to your patients. This is great. This gives us that opportunity to not do something that is trampling on a patient's consent so uh, informed consent
0: so now when the a patient asserts their rights the consequences are much higher to the doctor than when the ho- the hospital is threatening them right. so no no longer is the hospital the biggest threat you nope. it becomes the patient is the biggest threat asserting Powerful their rights people
1: mm-hmm. that's so amazing you guys uh, you have you went on and on and on about all of these documents where can my audience find these documents how do they get them
2: is easily as going to our O-U-R patient rights with an S at the end.com dot com. Mm-hmm. It's it's out there in English and also Spanish. Mm-hmm. Dr. Mercolo was kind enough to translate mm-hmm. the document into Spanish. Wow. Yeah. And we have a
0: four minute explainer video. We have a substack that you can read up on. We have frequently asked questions. Um, And we also are going to as many locations as we can um, doing presentations where we explain these documents, we have them printed out. With your organization or group, you have a notary on hand so you can actually get them notarized there because a lot, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of people see this and they have good intentions on doing it later, but just never get it done. Mm-hmm. And then in that process uh, between getting it done and hearing about it, an emergency happens and you thought, man, I wish I had gotten those notarized right when, uh, when I heard about it. So uh, if, you, if, if anybody wants to have us at, at one of their events or organizations, please reach out to, uh, you can uh, contact protocolkills.com. And, um, you know, fill out an, an information form and we'll get back in touch with you and try to set something up. Because it also is a good thing to come together as a community. Um, there's an energy there when when mm-hmm. you're with a group yes. of people and, and working with one another. Um, and, and you can see that energy grow and, um, and, and it makes the community come together as a whole. So we, w- we would love to do that. We do it all for free. Um, and so we we encourage uh, anyone to reach out to us and and get these documents if if we're not in your area.
2: Oh, I just wanted to mention one of the unique things that we we added as we were tailoring this <clears throat> to everybody's needs. I do not consent if you don't do not consent or want re- to receive any blood transfusion that contains blood products derived from COVID nineteen vaccinated donors or COVID nineteen variant vaccinated uh, donors. There's there's an option there for you to initial next to that i mean it's it covers all the things that during the last three years was concerned about and um and also gives you an opportunity to put your your allergies on there mm-hmm. uh, because you know we can't have the information that doctors need in too many places it's always a good idea to have it written one more time right that you may be allergic to whatever mm-hmm. a a food allergy a drug allergy or a contact dermatitis type of allergy um there's a place for that too. So it's just, it covers everything. And the only way this is revocable is if it's in writing from the patient. So there's no even sneaking this by a doctor giving you a a COVID vaccine and saying, Oh, I think when she was falling asleep, she mumbled. um, She didn't want it. She wanted actually wants the vaccine now. So we've covered just about everything gamed out, everything that we think um, (coughs) would be a problem. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So, it's amazing. And, you know, the the fact that there are medical staff out there who would even consider doing that. And I know it's pushed by the hospital, but consciously, like, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, but yeah, I, know. I, know, I know that it's happened. I've had many people on who shared their stories and, you know, people that are suffering from uh, the adverse effects right now, um, You know, it's just, it's really, really unfortunate that this is where we are at right now. But again, I am so grateful and I know that my audience will be so grateful for what you guys are doing and the fact that you're doing it for free and that you're willing to travel to these events and community, you know, uh, outreaches to share this information. It's really, it really says something about both of you and I applaud you guys. And again, I'm so thankful and appreciative for you um, Mm -hmm. on behalf of all of my audience. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Yes. Appreciate thank,
0: what you're doing. Yeah, and thank you for helping us share this information.
1: Thank you guys for coming on. Is there anything else that you would like to share with my audience at all?
0: Uh just, just uh be prepared. Don't don't be scared. Don't let fear um be instilled in your heart. Uh, we are we are not born in a spirit of fear. Um, and and when you have that uh faith in you and you have that assertion in you, um, you can go overcome anything and, and you'll be surprised at how quickly things will turn around if you just have the knowledge and you have that assertion to stay in your ground. But yep. be prepared, not scared.
1: Laura and Greta, thank you guys so much. Again, you guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Again, make sure that you follow and subscribe. I'll put their websites up on the screen right now so you can go check out their information, uh, get these documents. You never know whenever you might need them. It's better to have them and not need them to need them and not have them. So please, Just take them for, you know, for a rainy day. I know it sounds absurd, but you never know whenever something might pop up and you're like, oh, dang, I wish I would have had those documents. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go to the website, download them, reach out to them. I'll put um, all the contact information that was gone over in this episode on the screen now. Uh, You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow and subscribe. God bless you. God bless this country. And together we're patriots strong. Bye, guys.